Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to today with a Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. So you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Augustine Wong. Because of his bitter experience working as an employee for someone else and his success being a real estate investor, Augustine is on a mission to show people that they too can be real estate investors so that they do not need to feel so dependent on their full-time jobs to survive. When working with his clients, his goal is not to help them earn more money, but to help them make investments which will empower them to pursue the lives that they truly desire. Well, Augustine, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm really excited to share my story with you and uh, your audience here. Awesome. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I grew up in Vancouver for pretty much my entire life. So uh, for those of you who are listening on audio, I'm Chinese, so I'm a CBC, Canadian-born Chinese, through and through. You know, I, I grew up in a household that really believes obviously in, in hard work, kind of like the tiger parenting kind of, kind of environment. So believes in hard work, uh, that hard work pays off. And of course, hard work is very important, but you know, as you, when you grew up and you go out into the real, into the working world, uh, I worked as a computer engineer for 10 years. You start to realize that the work that you, Put in, especially as an employee, doesn't necessarily translate into you getting what it is that you deserve. And for me, uh, about six years ago, I started looking into real estate investing because I wanted to take the money that I was earning and grow it. So I looked into it and I realized over time that I really enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed investing in real estate, I enjoyed talking to realtors, I enjoyed talking talking to mortgage brokers. I enjoyed the process of really taking the time for myself to think about how I'm going to grow my money. And through that, that's basically what inspired me to give back as it were and help other people who have realized that, you know what, I'm working a full-time job. It's nice, but I'm not going to be able to retire if I just continue down this path. And I'm here to help them invest in real estate for themselves so that they can live the life that they want. Awesome. Okay, good. Now, did you need financing to start your company and how do you currently make money in your business now? So I guess I'm right now, I don't need financing per se in the sense that I don't really have a product, right? I know that uh, from a lot of entrepreneurs out there, especially in tech, right? We, there's this idea that you need to build something. So then you need financing to finance the, the building of that thing. For me, it's different. For me, I find uh, what's been most effective for me is simply just having conversations with, uh, with people. And the nice thing about Vancouver is that everyone loves talking about real estate. And that opens up a conversation. And I, that invites me the possibility that I will be able to help them. So that's what's been most effective for me at this point. So I imagine it's easy getting clients. Is it for you? Since everyone's, it's real estate is the thing in Vancouver, right? I mean. 
So it's, yes, I would say yes and no. I'd say it's easy to get clients in the sense that, again, everyone loves talking about real estate, especially in Vancouver. I suppose it's, it's hard to get clients in the sense that everyone has their own ideas about what real estate investing is like. So a part of my job as someone who's trying to help people invest in real estate is to give the unadulterated facts. Like, for example, there was one individual I, I was working with who uh, wanted to manage his own property. That, that's, that's fine. But, and he wanted to do an Airbnb. Again, that's fine. But his idea was that the Airbnb would be in Kelowna. And then he was going to move to Bali. Nice. For, yeah, which is, which is nice. Yeah, it's good that you're uh, going to be moving to Bali where the sun's always shining. But uh, that's not really realistic if you want to manage a property. And from, at a the be- same from a time, beach bar in Bali. Yes. So, a, lo- so a, lot of, a lot of the things I encounter is just trying to be realistic with uh, my clients and say, look, you know, you got to be aware that, yes, real estate investing is a great way to build money, but you got to be aware that um, there, there are things that you need to consider, right? That you might not consider if you're just uh, investing your money passively in stocks. Right. Okay. So like we mentioned, Vancouver is a hot real estate market, but what is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC, or even Canada? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So for the long-term vision, obviously right now, real estate investing is the core, but really for me at the end of the day, real estate investing is simply a tool to uh, help uh, me have that secure financial future. So I feel like the long-term vision would be, yes, real estate investing would be a component, but really at the end of the day, it's uh, things like financial literacy, for example, uh, financial habits, financial mindset. You know, you can have all the great investments that you want, but if you're going to blow all your uh, money that you earn in, making poor lifestyle choices. It doesn't matter how many great investments you make. So I see my, my goal is to be, take a more holistic approach for my clients and help them with all aspects of uh, related to money. So whether that be mindset or knowing where to invest, how to save money, things of that nature. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about Vancouver. I want you to tell me what are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur in Vancouver? BC. Obviously, we talked about real estate. So give us some of the good points about starting a company here. I'd also want you to give us some of the tough things or the challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know if this is specific to Vancouver, but I found that once you do become an entrepreneur and you uh, put yourself out there as an entrepreneur, there is a great community of entrepreneurs here. Me coming from a computer engineering background, uh, I don't like before I didn't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. So uh, I am working with a a business coach so that I learned the skills of of an entrepreneur, of a business person. And through that coach, I've met some amazing entrepreneurs who are like me, they're, they're small scrappy people who have big dreams. So I think if you, uh, immerse yourself in the entrepreneur culture in Vancouver, you'll be able to find a lot of people who will be more than happy to support you. I think the bad thing about Vancouver, probably the 
real estate, I'm sure you're, you've had other people say this on a show, but probably the expenses here, like the living yeah. expenses here, that, that, that. That's a, that, is a, that is a tough one. Especially these days, if uh, you have a business that, uh, where you can interact with clients online, I don't know if it makes complete sense for you to, uh, to be necessary for you to live in Vancouver necessarily. You could run the same kind of business in Calgary or someplace that's more affordable. So I think that that would be probably the, the, the biggest drawback that comes to mind when it comes to being an entrepreneur in Vancouver. Okay, Vancouver is a very beautiful place. We all know that it's very international. People love to live here and work here. We do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas and just think about your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. I feel like uh, for me, uh, it's not so much about the place actually. It's about getting outside of your own head. So oftentimes it's not, obviously a change of scenery helps, but I think it's a simple matter of doing a different task. Uh, Let's say you've been working on your business for 10 hours. And if you wanna get outside your head, just do something very simple like cooking. Right. That's a, that's a great activity to do that gets outside your head. So I think for me, it's not so much about a place in Vancouver so much as about the uh, a place in your head, really. Okay. So I think cooking for me, cooking is my answer. Final there you answer. go. Let's talk about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a spe- specific routine or ritual that helps you make get you motivated to start your day? And do you start it early? Yeah. So. Uh, my routine right now is forced upon me because I have a baby girl. So she, she's oh. six months old. So there's your, there's uh, your the routine clock. is the baby wakes up and cries. So I go and feed her. So that's uh, that's been a regular routine. And I still call it a routine because uh, at least it's something that does happen regularly. And I find that uh, it's made me much more of an early bird now. So it, it does have benefits. So that would be the closest I have to a routine uh, in, the, in the mornings anyway. So wake up at 5.30, eat or six or whatever, feed the baby, usually get in a little bit of rest before I start on with the rest of the day afterwards. Okay, now earlier you made the switch from employee to an entrepreneur. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? I can say for myself that I don't, I'm, I may be weird, uh, but I don't see myself as weird in a good way. I Honestly, if you if you look at how I grew up, I didn't grow up with entrepreneurial parents. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs did, did grow up in an environment where they're encouraged to be entrepreneurs. I didn't have that kind of environment. I was very much encouraged to go out into the workforce, work hard, earn that steady paycheck. So I don't have a weird backstory in that sense. I think that being entrepreneur, all it takes is at the end of the day, it just really it's that leap of faith that you need to take in yourself. And I feel like anyone can have that. Okay, good. Let's talk about what books you're reading. What books are you reading now and why are even audiobooks? And you can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? The the audio book that I heard listening was, I forgot the author's name, but it's Persuade and Get Paid. So that's a very good book uh, because as entrepreneurs, uh, oftentimes, if, and I'm a solo entrepreneur, so uh, so if there's anyone in your audience that's thinking of striking out a business on their own, uh, you're going to need to do your own sales. 
So uh, listening to and reading as many books as you can about how to do sales properly is going to be a great start. So I recommend Persuade and Get Paid. That's a, that's a good audio book. Okay. So you probably work quite a bit and most entrepreneurs do, but every once in a while we need to have this bit of balance and Vancouver certainly offers a lot of variety, shall we say, of uh, outdoor lifestyle. How do you balance work and how do you relax and not think about work? And what are your favorite activities to do in BC? Do you ski, do you bike, kayak, golf, hike, or simply go for a drive? I'd say simply going for a drive. Actually, you hit, you hit that one on the head. I, despite the fact that I grew up in Vancouver, I've haven't, oh, I've never been really partial to winter sports. The sports that I've enjoyed were traditionally summer sports. So I, I used to play tennis competitively. Uh, so I enjoy playing tennis, uh, going out for uh, walks, uh, going out for a run. Uh, so not not winter sports. So th- so so those those would be the activities I enjoy. And of course. Vancouver being Vancouver, there's a lot of great spots where you can run. So you're working all the time, but I want you to think about something for a second here. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession outside of real estate? I feel like I'd like to teach something. You know, I, ha- I, have a, I have a great respect for teachers. I know that depending on your interactions with teachers, you might think that they're really great or really bad, but I think the the core idea that you're teaching something for the next generation, I, I really gravitate towards that. So I don't know if I'd be a public school teacher necessarily, but I do f- want to give back uh, by, you know, teaching in some capacity. It could be teaching pro- computer programming. It could be something like that. What job could you not do? <laughs> Probably computer engineering at this point. <laughs> <laughs> or when someone, uh, says yeah. to you, someone says to you, can you fix my computer for me? That part, right? Yeah, probably that part. It's like, no, no, you're you're thinking of someone. You're thinking of a different Augustine. <laughs> okay. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Yeah, I, I'm sure there are a lot of great quotes out there from really famous business people, uh, but I think the one that I tell myself is, "Figure it out," because entrepreneurship, from uh, what I've experienced, it is really all about solving problems, just solving one problem after another problem. And oftentimes there can be no support. Like you're, you're the business owners. So it all falls on our shoulders to be able to uh, overcome the challenges. So I think figuring out is the one that I feel like I have to tell myself the most, especially when things are down. Okay. What's your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? I don't have anything it's not like this word inherently is bad, but I don't like the, the loaded meaning of the word mistake. I think a lot of times pe- when people say mistake, they mean it in a bad way. Oh, you made a mistake. And let's just call mistake for what it is. A mistake is simply that you tried. And I wish people more say, would say, no, good job, you, you tried, as opposed to, oh, you made a mistake. And as an entrepreneur, you're going to have you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, for those for those who are listening, who are thinking about being an entrepreneur, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So you got to get comfortable with that and be comfortable learning from those mistakes. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? I think the two words probably would be. I don't know if I am this, but I aspire to be determined. I would say I would, so. I would pick determined. Maybe okay. more aspirational, but uh, determined, especially because, again, as an entrepreneur, it's not a it's not 
an easy thing. So there are good days and there are bad days. So being determined is, is important. And I think the other term that I would use to find myself is really compassionate. I really believe in helping my clients. I want them to succeed. That's why I made the jump from being an employee with a steady paycheck to doing what it is I doing, because I want to do something that really matters to the people around me. So I think I'll pick compassion as my second word. Anything keeping you up at night these days besides uh, the new baby? <laughs> well, I think my business is the other baby. So does, does that does that count? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is it is it stresses of finding clients, cash flow, uh, solving problems? I think it's more the 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 problem solving, the thing where you're uh, thinking of okay, I got one client. How am I going to get the next client? Like what's the marketing strategies? Um, things of that nature. Those are the things that do occasionally keep me up at night, uh, for sure. Okay. What I want you to tell me uh, beyond what you're doing on a daily basis, give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be if you want to travel more, if you want to write a book, philanthropy, um, teach, like you mentioned earlier, anything like that, top three. Yeah, I'd say one of the top three would be uh, learning a new language. So I want to learn French more. Uh, and, not, and of course, it's Canadian, right? It's that, it's that Canadian pride. But also, I do really genuinely enjoy language. I am somewhat conversant in it, but I love to be far more fluent in it than I already am. Simply spending more time with my, my family. That's, that's the second one. And third one, God, I think third one is... I'm not going to put teaching on there, but uh, cooking more. I hinted earlier that I enjoy cooking. So I uh, love to be able to uh, be more of a gourmand. Okay. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout Canada? Yeah. Uh, the, one, the one piece of advice that uh, I was given was that customers aren't born, they're made. So I hinted earlier that uh, as entrepreneurs, we do need to be a part of our own sales proceeds. And when I was started off as an entrepreneur, I thought that you got to find those customers that are ready and willing to accept your products. But the other way to go about sales is you find people who are somewhat ready and you educate them, teach them and guide them and to the realization that, hey, you know, actually you're the guy that they've been looking for. They just didn't know it yet. So that would be the advice that I would give to entrepreneurs is like, make your customers. Don't, uh, don't think that they're just born. Okay. Augustine, are you ready to have some fun? <laughs> yes, I'm ready to have some fun. Okay. Well, we're going to take you away from Vancouver. We're going to send you to Fiji to a small tropical island. There's only one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist, by the way. And yes, there are hammocks there. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use a phone booth. There's one phone booth there. You can call that boat. You can call the boat. We'll come pick you up. Anytime you call, we'll be there. How long would you last before you made that call? What would you do while you were there? Uh, That's a good question. Okay, so I'm going to make some assumptions uh, when uh, to answer that question. At first, I'm going to assume that the locals are very friendly <laughs> because otherwise I'd be calling right away. <laughs> uh, so I assume the locals are very friendly. I assume that food, shelter are not a yep, concern. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Just no internet. No internet. Actually, 
you know, maybe this is a sign that I was never meant to be a computer engineer, but I can probably do very well without the internet. Really? Well, obviously not in the sense like, uh, I feel like my business would probably not do well if it didn't have <laughs> internet, but as, but in terms of recharging, I feel like that's a great way to disconnect, uh, is to literally disconnect. Uh, so I'd say assuming and assuming that my family is taken care of that they didn't have to worry about the baby crying and, and things of that nature, say two months, two, two months, months where I can just, yeah, two, two months. Okay. Good for you. You, you. Hey, you, you, uh, I bet there's a lot of people out there who want a two month vacation away from, <laughs> away yeah. from the chaos of their daily lives. So maybe two months is lowballing it really, but I'd say, yeah, I'd say two, two months, right. Based on those very, those, those assumptions that I made though. I had Dan Locke on the show one time. He said, tell the boat not to go too far. <laughs> so it was probably 10, 15 minutes there. So you did well. Two months. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're almost like uh, Tom Hanks in uh, uh, Castaway. Tom Hanks was, that, that, was uh, that was forced upon him. So this yeah. is of my own free will, though. So yeah. And you got, the phone, booth there to, you got the phone booth yeah. there. To <laughs> yes, I have the security of the phone booth. Okay, good. Okay, we're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so your audience can reach me through uh, LinkedIn. And um, I'm also, I also check my emails almost constantly. So uh, my email is uh, A-U-G-G-Y-W-O-N-G-E-R at gmail.com. Uh, so those are, the, those are the two primary ways that they can reach me right now. And last thing, listeners, is I do hope that uh, you take some time, whether or not you decide to invest in real estate, I hope you do take some time, especially if for those who are working the nine to five, to really think about how it is that you're going to invest your money and make it grow. Because I always feel like it's important to have a second source of income. And, you know, if you read the statistics, you know, a lot of people aren't prepared for a uh, comfortable retirement. So I really hope that uh, your audience isn't going to be falling into that trap. Excellent. Okay. Good advice there. Well, Augustine, thank you for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you very much.